Listen to WGN Radio's newest podcast, Behind the Badge, Illinois, hosted by David Hochberg. Behind the Badge, Illinois, views current events through the eyes of Illinois law enforcement leaders. Tune in. Visit WGNRadio.com slash Behind the Badge. Launches it. He's intercepted. That'll put it away. It's Keyshawn Nixon to put it on ice for another Packers win over the Bears. Ah, the broken record continues. Packers over the Bears 28-19 today at Soldier Field. Andy Mazur alongside Hamp and OB, sponsored by your local Chevy dealers at ChevyDriveChicago.com. Just when you thought things might be going right for the Bears against the Packers, Green Bay comes back. There's several factors, obviously, that were uh, were uh, the reason for that. But uh, it, was, it was a tough one to watch the second half. Well, first and foremost, yes, it was another loss, but... There was more than that, folks. It was it was another loss to the Packers, and that means we've lost the last eight times we've lined up against Aaron Rodgers and his crew. Yeah, it's another chapter in the book of reality. But were we foolish, Ob, to think that we had a chance in this game? No, no, no not Hell at no. all. No, and we led till deep in the fourth quarter. But wait a minute. But that's where our faults were finally exposed and magnified. And the first and foremost thing, we lost it at the line of scrimmage. Not so much on the offensive line where we got our butts whipped up and down the line, but on the defensive line where Aaron Rodgers essentially had zero pressure all day. There was only maybe one time we actually put a a glove on him. The second reason, there's a reason why EQ St. Brown was not – renewed a contract in Green Bay when they were screaming for receivers. His complicity in that fourth quarter interception, will I'll never forget it. He's got to come back for the ball. Not It was a 14-yard stop. And that is where you talk about quarterbacks and receivers and their timing and their confidence and their belief. And Justin threw the ball knowing that EQ had to come back. But he guess what? He runs such a crap route, he never got Zaire the corner to bite on it. And he was standing there beside him when the ball was released and jumped the route. And you talked about it. We had some guys in, in watching the game with us, Ken and Joe, and you, you, you explained with it. with us now. Yeah. Those are the mistakes that cost you a victory. But more importantly, another culprit from the Green Bay pass. Luke Getze was pathetic calling plays in the third quarter. I mean, pathetic. Pathetic. And at some point... Play action, Danny. Hey, okay. Is that what you're referring to? Why didn't we go to play action? Uh, Exactly. But the defensive line coach, he should be cut today. Oh, Jesus. You can't cut all the defensive linemen, but they're standing up just getting mauled. The second thing is that Tyke Andrew, uh, Terrell, Tyke Terrell, we brought his name up last week about how, how inferior our pass uh, schematics are, how we have no timing and everybody, most of the time, they, the receivers cannot uh, gain separation. He, Tyke Terrell is the passing game coordinator. He's in charge of coaching the, the, the receivers. For EQ St. Brown to not even try to come back to that ball is a criminal act. And the, and again, Luke Getze, he's an embarrassment. The way he re- refused to keep 
pushing and attacking the the Packer secondary and started handing the ball off on all these pathetic dives when the only the only thing that you know was was a constant was we couldn't block them. You know, Justin was able to hit two or three really nice bombs, but that's you know just getting back and, and throwing it up. But we could not, you know, uh, consistently block the defensive line. So those three coaches, I, I don't know how you can play another game with them. Okay, Danny. Uh, folks, looking at this game, and <clears throat> Danny, you were well said. Where, do, where, where were the, where's the positive and where's the fair? Why do we lose this football game? I tell you, it's very simple. If you truly watch this game, and in which I know you all did, okay, where did we lose it? There's, there were breakdowns, okay? And where was it? It was in our offensive line, and it was in our defensive line. We did nothing. We did nothing up front. Uh, I like what I saw in the passing game. We finally, folks, actually threw the ball over 20, 30 yards. We threw it downfield. That was a good thing. Cole Komet got a little more involved. I think Cole Komet had, what, uh, six receptions today? For 72 yards, a 12-yard average, that should be the minimum he should be catching every week. He should be the big threat for us. Um, and again, getting back to why we lost this game, and to me, it was very plain and very simple. Our offensive line could not handle it, and our defensive line could not handle it. I think a lot of people were given everything that they had, but folks were just not good enough. And you want to know what's the bad thing about all this is? We just lost to the Packers here at home. Now we've got a bye week coming up. Guess who comes? We next two following games are at home. Guess who they are? Against the Philadelphia Eagles and against the uh, Bills, the Buffalo Bills. And then we go to Detroit. And then we wind up the season with the Vikings. Folks, we could not win another game. There's a strong possibility that we might wind up with three victories in this season with Iberflus as our head coach and Getsy as our offensive coordinator. And i tell you something, the sad thing about it is there's more negatives than there are pluses. It's very hard to talk about the pluses when the negatives overweigh the pluses. Okay? You got to win a football game. You got to go after people. You got to make things happen. And when you've got an offensive and defensive line, which I have been talking about all year, I talked about it last year and the year before, I can't figure out why somebody can't figure that this game basically is one up front. And what do I mean? Offensive line and defensive line, if you don't have quality people, you are going nowhere. Nowhere. I don't care who's that quarterback. It just happens to be a fact. But at the end of the day, before we go to break, Andy, I just want to say this. Cairo Santo should be embarrassed beyond belief to miss an extra point and miss a chip shot field goal that would have changed everything about the way the final moments of the game was actually played out is inexcusable. And he's, I, I, I'm just saying, I, I'm, I, I'm just gutted by how pathetic his performance today was. Danny, what we were down inside the 30-yard line, okay? And I think that you're talking about where he might have missed the field goal down there in the, four, in the fourth quarter, okay? Yeah. We're inside the 30, folks. All right, you're right base. You're in the red zone. Did you one time, did you one time see us throw the ball into the end zone to try to score a touchdown on a corner route, a fade, a slant, a post pattern, 
flooded flooded zone to try and score. For God's sakes, folks, we've only what three victories going into this game. We're playing at home in front of our crowd, and we're inside the thirty, and we don't attempt to go into the end zone one time. Think about what I just said. Think about it. What are they thinking there? What is Getsy, our offensive coordinator, thinking about? This is a checkers. My God. Not one time did we try to score a touchdown. And we're supposed to win games? It's a damn shame. 312-981-7200. That is our telephone number. We'll get to your calls in just a moment. Happen will be sponsored by your local Chevy dealers at ChevyDriveChicago.com. Fields. Oh, what a move to move past Nixon. And Justin Fields ahead of the field. And gone. What a run. It's his third rushing touchdown of 50-plus Courtesy Fox Sports, 55-yard run there for Justin Fields for a touchdown. Happen OB sponsored by your local... Five-yard pass. <laughs> Chevy dealers at ChevyDriveChicago.com. Well, he had two of them. He did. He had a couple uh, yep. long passes where he threw for 254 yards today. Well, guess what? And I, and I see, and I like that, and I love it a lot. we got to see a hell of a lot more than that, gentlemen. Yeah. Uh, he connected uh, early on with... Uh, the aforementioned EQ St. Brown for 56, and then Nikhil Harry there in the fourth quarter to get us down where we had a chance to kind of take the lead and 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 find a way to win a game right before the interception. Danny, and we have three, three wins. We're playing at home against the Packers. Throw caution to the wins. What the heck do you have to lose? What do you have to lose playing at home? Beautiful sunny day, three wins. That's all you got, and you, and you're inside a third. And you don't try to. Not one time do you go into the end zone. What we threw two or three long passes. That's two or three or four passes, long passes, a quarter. Oh. Please. All right, let's get to the phones here. 312-981-7200. We'll start it off with Randy in Shorewood. You're on with Happen OB. Go ahead, Randy. Hey, guys. Uh, good to call you guys again. It's been a few weeks since I've called in. When I did call before, my biggest complaint was we weren't passing the ball and we didn't know how to move it. Well, guess what? We did that a little bit today, but it still wasn't good enough. The pro- real problem, we cannot finish games. When it gets late in the third and the fourth quarter, you, these past few weeks, they've all been close. We need to learn how to finish football games. We started just fine. I was excited to call you guys to hopefully celebrate a win today. At halftime, I was like, oh boy, let's call in. But we can't finish. We're never going to win or get better. We need to learn to finish. It's getting ridiculous. Offense, deep and special teams, both have their miscues, but we need to learn to finish. That's the main reason we lost. We cannot finish any week. Yes, sir. And Finishing means making sure you make your extra points and making your chip shot field goals and finishing your routes and don't quitting on it and let a, you know, a, a, a DB jump in front of you for the game deciding interception play of the game. And I mean, starting out aggressively also. That's completing the game. You don't wait till the last minute or two in a football game. To win it from game after game after game. There's a thing called the first quarter, the second quarter, and the third quarter before you get to the fourth quarter. And you got to take advantage of every play, of every second, of every minute, of every quarter, both offensively and defensively. That's how you win a world championship. I, I, I will tell you this. 
you know, you got to tip your cap to those kids in the defensive secondary. Josh Blackwell fought his butt off today. He fought his butt off. Jalen Jones, he he was fighting too, and it's unfortunate. So unfortunate that we he hit, they had zero pass rush. I, I could not imagine, you know, being a defensive back knowing that you've got to line up behind this band of of you know masqueraders uh, in front of you that are essentially blocking dummies for the opposition. It's just in, incomprehensible. Dan, in, in this game, it's awful. Right, uh, with five games to go here, and folks, I couldn't tell you the times. The times when it's a, a obviously a passing situation, and you just look at our four down linemen. If anybody you have taped the game or whatever, watch and see it. The snap of the ball. You know what our defensive linemen do? They stand straight up in the air and they start hand fighting the center, the offensive guards, and the tackles. Hand fighting, standing up. You're never going to win. You're, it's just a hand fight, and that's it. You that that's what an offensive tackle wants you to do. When you're a defensive lineman, the key word always has been and always will be, Dan, and you know the word, low. You stay low, you deliver a blow, you try to get them off balance, you take them a half a man in, a half a man out, try to work them to get them off balance, try to throw them and force your way into the pocket. You don't stand up and hand fight. And guess what? Watch this game today. Mark my words what I'm telling you. Watch our defensive lineman. The reason why we didn't have a pass rush Snapping the ball, they stand straight up in the air, and they're hand-fighting. That's not how you play those positions, period. It's just not, folks. All right, back out to the phones we go. And Billy, you're up next with Hap and OB. Go ahead. Yeah, hi, uh, OB and Hap. Love your show. I listen every uh, every Sunday. Thank you very much. Thank you. Um, I, thought, I thought it was an entertaining game. Uh, the offense and defensive line need a complete overhaul that I think is going to take at least three years. Now, my question to uh, you guys is, uh, Obi and Hamp, what is a three-technique defensive tackle? I've heard analysts like Hub Barker say the Bears need that, a Tommy Harris-type guy. By definition, what is that, and what are the skill sets? And, Dan, who was that guy when you were playing? Uh, was that you? Was it Bridge? Was it McMichael? Can you please answer that? And I will hang up and answer to you and listen for your answer. Thank, Thank you, Billy. Guys. All right. Uh, first and foremost, the uh, a three technique is essentially a defensive tackle that is proficient rushing the passer. And instead of you lining him head up on the offensive guard or even on the center, you line him up on the outside shoulder where theoretically you hit that, that outside shoulder violently throughout the game. And then when the offensive guard starts to wear down, he can mo- work back inside. But Essentially, it is someone with great quickness, body leverage, and strength that wear that guards outside shoulder out, collapsing the pocket. And we have a guy that we signed named Justin Jones who doesn't understand his position. I'm looking for the name of the defensive line coach here as we're, I was listening to your, uh, your question. But essentially, it is a very valuable part of any defense, but especially in a defense like this that plays a soft cover two shell where you're not going to blitz much. You need to collapse the pocket. But we got so much more of a problem than that. This Mohammed character, 55, could have been the best player the Packers had on the field. He was essentially useless and almost played 
against us all day. He would go down inside and allow on the last uh, on the last uh, return for a uh, a touchdown by Watson on the snap of the ball. He goes crazily down inside, knowing that the defensive end. E-N-D, end. You're the end of the line of scrimmage. And your responsibility is as deep and as wide as the widest and as deep as the deepest. And yet, going flying down inside, Watson turned the corner and gave everybody windburn. It's, I mean, he and, 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 and Travis, uh, Gibson, they're, they're, they're just awful. Awful. And I, I spoke in the, in the pregame about a difference between planning and, 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 uh, preparation. The, the plan is, is what it is. But preparation means you have been grounded in the basics of your position. They don't understand what the hell they're doing out there. And again, I'm looking for this defensive line coach's name. I, I, he and Tyke Terrell, the offensive pass coordinator. I mean, how can, how can you with a straight face say that we have a chance in any game when our, when the people they coach are so inept. It's crazy. Well, I'll tell you what, folks. If you watch the offense from the other teams that we've been playing the last three, four games, the one thing that you probably noticed and you saw late in the, late in the game today, they started attacking our ends. In other words, offensively, with uh, sweeps with the halfback or reverses or whatever, or guy in motion and handing off and going wide. Folks, they have seen something Okay, the New York Jets saw something, and how many times did you see him run wide, run wide, run wide? The Dolphins, and, and everybody, Detroit, everybody. You hear, folks? This They've been doing this, and there have been no corrections. And here are the corrections, which I've said on this TV, radio, excuse me, this radio station, I couldn't tell you how many times after these games. Containment, force, and fill. And it's on every play. Every, every defense that called, I don't care if there's a blitz in the middle or whatever there was, somebody has containment, somebody has uh, force, and the fill is basically the offside pursuit. Okay? That is on every play. And who has containment, he goes as deep as that ball goes. If it's a handoff, if you're on the weak side and it's a handoff to the running back and he's going around the strong side... You go as deep as that running back and you follow him. Why? Because you don't want him. If he gets stopped and spins around, you're right there to make it play and force him back inside where the fill will get him. We don't do it, folks. And if any of you people have taped these games, look and see what I just said. Look and see what I just said. They don't have it. And that is a must. That is a, a... that is on every defensive call there is. Strong side, weak side, whichever way that ball rolls, whoever has it, containment, force, and fill. It just happens to be a fact. And we don't do it. What happens with our guy that has containment? He goes down the line. And what that means, the line is the line of scrimmage. He runs down the line of scrimmage. What do they do? Come with a fake, come with a, a reverse or an end run, and guess what? Because his first step is to go down the line. Why that is, I have absolutely no idea. And guess what? They caught us with our pants down, and that's how they put closed the lid on us today. How many yards was that run for? 20-some yards? Right around our own right side. Because no containment, no force, and no fill. 
I'm de- believe what I'm telling you, folks. All right, if you're on hold, stay there. We're getting uh, late to the news here. We want to get into the newsroom here in a second. Happen will be sponsored by your local Chevy dealers at ChevyDriveChicago.com. I got the news. We lost again to yes, the stupid Packers because we can't play smart football. Well, here's the rest of the news from Ron Brown. Bears get the ball back, and Justin Fields is looking for Equinemius St. Brown. First and Now, one of the bright spots today in the Bears' loss to the Green Bay Packers, 28-19. Happen OB sponsored by your local Chevy dealers at ChevyDriveChicago.com. And uh, we talked about this in the pregame show, too. It's an insignificant number, but it's a number nonetheless. That was the 787th franchise win for Green Bay. Now one better than the Chicago Bears. You know, and again, I mean, how many different ways can you cut it? It's just... It's beyond belief that we have – what are we, 3-10? Uh, and 10, mm-hmm. The first team to lose 10 games in the NFL this year. 13 games, and our defensive line, our receiver core, continually failed to do their job. And to my mind, you got to look at the coach. you got to look at the coach. All right, back to the phone lines we go. Let's go out to Austin, Texas, and welcome in. Robert, you are on with Happen OB. Go ahead, Robert. Yes, good afternoon, and thank you for taking my call. Uh, lifelong Bears fan, first started watching the Bears in 1971, and uh, from the south suburbs, and finally remember the dominating 85 Bears Super Bowl season. You know, it's obvious to me this coaching staff plays not to lose instead of to win. When they came out in the second half, their first series, where they run like a wide receiver screen to the left, lost four yards, a conservative pass, then they run a sweep to Valus Jones. He runs a four-two forty. You know he's a straight-ahead runner. They run him for a loss. Then they try another wide receiver screen to the right. It was obvious that they weren't coming out attacking, trying to win the game. And then after that nice fifty-yard pass they made by Fields, what do they do? They do three runs up the middle, and then try and settle for a field goal, which is blocked. I mean, versus trying to go down the field with play-action passes and get the ball in the end zone and try and win the game. And then on defense, you know, I'm watching the on third down, you know, they're continuing to play this deep cover two with soft coverage, and, and they have Packers have third and six and third and eight, and they let their receivers get to the first yard down marker and catch the pass for a first down. Why aren't they in press coverage trying to, you know, stop the first down? Isn't that the name of the game on defense, to stop first downs? So it's really frustrating. I, you know, I watch the game, and then I have a couple other questions. I appreciate your patience. In 1971 season, the Bears were six and three. They beat Dallas. They beat Detroit. They beat the Redskins. They beat the Vikings. They're on their way, and then it collapsed. I was wondering if Ob can comment on that. And then also, my last comment is: and you know, why in the world didn't George Hallis uh, give the head coaching job to George Allen after the '65 season? Uh, it set the Bears back 15 years. He drafted Butkus, Sayers, Jim Jones. Dick, uh, Dick Gordon, uh, those are my comments. Thank you very much right, Robert. for taking my call. Thank you. Have a good one. Appreciate that very much. Yeah, I don't know where to go Explain with that. Explain yourself, Mr. Yeah, O'Brien. I don't know where to go with that. Well, wh- How did you let the team collapse? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, go, what are you talking about going back to 71? How, how did it happen? We just didn't have enough of quality people. That's as plain and simple as I can tell you. We, we beat some pretty damn good teams, 
But then again, the, the idea is you got to do it week after week after week after week, and eventually the weaknesses show up in your team, and eventually you will lose a game. That's, all, that's the best I can tell you. Uh, as far as what you're, you're talking about, what went on today, it's, it, it, it's very simple to me. Again, we lost the game. The game was lost up front. Offensive and defensive line, and again, to add on to that, was Getzi, our offensive coordinator, for him not to be aggressive down in the red zone and try, my God, to even score a touchdown. Folks, you can't make this stuff up. Dan, I remember it was about three, four games ago, whatever it was, folks, we were on the five-yard line, the one-yard line, and the three-yard line. I forget what team or what, what, who, when, it, when it was. I think it was roughly about four weeks ago. Not one time. How many points did we come away with? None. Five-yard line, three-yard line, and one-yard line. You think we don't have a problem? Okay, and real quick before we get back to the calls, let me just put a tag on that. Folks, there's good players and exceptional players, but there's good players and there's bad players. And we've got a number of, of poor players that I, I would, they would be given their pink slips on the, on the way out of the locker room tonight. But all that being said, there's good coaches and there's bad coaches. We got some bad coaches. Now, Matt Eberflus, I like a lot. And I like a lot of what he's trying to accomplish. But I don't like a lot of what's happening underneath him with the position coaches. Chris Morgan is the offensive line coach. Yeah, they've, they've had eight or nine different combos, whatever. Still doesn't mean that you get your, your butt kicked along the line of scrimmage on a base block game after game, play after play. Travis Smith is the defensive line coach. We, we've already documented how pathetic the defensive line techniques are. You were, he was, OB, you were talking to Joe and Ken about, right. you know, the Lex and Rex, and we call it different things. Right. But essentially, on a pass rush, it's a, a tackle in twist. Our guys, they run into each other like, you know, Abbott and Costello. And they, I mean, this is in an NFL game. In an NFL game. And, and this happens. I, I'm just saying, we've, we got back coaches. Well, yeah, going back, when I mentioned that he was talking about the year 71, again, we beat some good teams. We just didn't have enough good players to maintain. We just truly didn't. And and what you're going back to, what's coming up here, folks, you got the Eagles, Philadelphia Eagles, the Bills at Detroit, and the Vikings here. My God, how bad could that get? How bad could that get? Time now for our Muller's Auto Group game-changing moment. We are going to go with the missed field goal from Cairo Santos that pretty much changed the direction of that one. You could hear the, the a collective ooh, come out of the fans in the stands at the stadium over the television broadcast. It was a gut punch. And again, you know, we're talking about a bunch of kids playing really hard. I mean, David Montgomery could not run the ball any harder into the teeth of a defense waiting for him. And we had, you know, so many young players out there fighting their guts out and for a kicker to go out there and shank it. And actually, actually what happened was he got over the top of the ball and drove it too low where it should never have been blocked, but somebody got a hand on it. And, I mean, it's in unacceptable and inexcusable. Dan, when we were down, basically in the red zone or down into their territory, how many times, and we were running the ball, Montgomery averaged almost four and a half yards a carry, 
And I'll tell you what, how many times, Dan, did you hear me say, Dan, perfect time for play action. <laughs> play action. Perfect time. Dan, it's set up. It's 17. set up for play action, folks, them. because we were running the football right up the middle, off tackle. That's the time you come with the play action or the sprint out or the bootlegs. That's when you do it. You know how many times we did it? Zilch. And by, Zero. And by Not the way, one time do we even attempt to go with play action. That's – oh, Jesus. I mean, that's coaching 101. And let me just say this. Why didn't we run on the outside? Well, guess what? Whenever we did with Valus Jones on this, they had defensive ends that set the edge. That's why Montgomery was, you know, trying to run up the middle. There was nothing there. 312-981-7200 is our phone number. If you are on hold, please stay there. We'll get to you right after this last break. We take you to this hour. Hampton OB is sponsored by your local Chevy dealers at ChevyDriveChicago.com. That's right. It's a team field. Looking for Nikhil. See Fox Sports. Justin Fields hitting to Keel Harry, a 49-yard strike, but the Bears lose 28-19 to the Packers. Hampton OB sponsored by your local Chevy dealers at ChevyDrivesChicago.com. Aaron Rodgers is going to have to pay another year of taxes for, yeah, the team. for ownership. Well, you know, it's a damn shame, but that should be every series. We're going downfield trying to make things happen. Not twice a game, not three times where everybody jumps up. Oh, my God, look at He threw the ball 50 yards in the air, and he caught it. There, there was interference. That should be every quarter. Yeah. Every quarter, Andy. 312-981-7200. Back out to the phones with Mike and Rockford. You are on with Happen OB. Go ahead, Mike. Guys, I'm so aggravated, and I don't even know where to start. But I got a question for the offensive coordinator, okay, for the Bears. I don't think you work for the Bears. I think you still work for the Packers. And, guys, I'm not much for conspiracy theories, but let me ask you a question. Is it possible that a team and an organization, maybe not the players, okay, but would the coaches secretly say, hey, guys, we're going to tank. We're going to do play calling for this game so we can't win. Because, guys, I'm going to tell you something. It looked like they were playing to lose. How in the heck can you hit Cole Komet in the open flat multiple times? He gets positive yardage. You go away from it. What do you do? You run, you run, you're running back straight up the gut. If they stuff the box, he can't get any yards. And, guys, this is unacceptable. And, and I can't, you know, and, and you know what? You can say what you want. And, Dan, I agree with you. They don't have the talent. We knew they didn't have the talent going into the season, and we knew they didn't have the talent going into this game. But my question is, they played good enough today to stomp the Packers. They should have stomped them the way they played. And they, they went away from everything that was working for them. Okay, other than that stupid throw that Fields threw to Jared Alexander, and, and, and that, you know, pretty much iced the game. Other than that throw, they wouldn't have put themselves in that position. But, guys, i got to tell you, in 2010, during the regular season, the Bears played the Packers during the regular season. And the Bears played a lot of subs that game, and they allowed the Packers to creep into the playoffs. Three weeks later, the Packers came, and they knocked the Bears off and went to the Super Bowl. God help us. I pray this is impossible because mathematically the Packers are still alive. Is it possible the Packers win this game, springs them off into the bye week, they get healthy, and they go on a roll and win the remaining four games, get in the playoffs, get to the Super Bowl, and it's all going to get pointed back at the Bears. Guys, I'm going to hang up and right, thanks Mike. for letting me Yeah, up. Mike, Thank this, this team, Green Bay's going nowhere. And I've watched Aaron Rodgers for 17 years. 
And most of the time, there's six or eight throws that I take my breath away and I go, wow, that was special. There wasn't one thing he did today that was special. In fact, he almost looked like a bust out. And yet we were incapable of you know, capitalizing on how bad he was. And he beat a bad defense today with no pass rush. And that was essentially, you know, the way it all came down. But at the end of the day, no. The, I'll tell you what it is. Getsy is just like most of these other mopes in the coaching world. They're not coaching so much about what they think or what smart people would think would be get a, a, a good game plan. They're trying to be clever and they're trying to show the, you know, the opponent, Oh, look what I can do and how I'm going to attack you. And when it blows up in their face, it, it, like today, then it, I mean, they, you know, they just, it's like they walk away. It's like a car wreck and they walk away and it's, it, and it's ridiculous. And you know what? He, this game plan was hard Folks, I'm telling you, it was hard, especially in the second half. All right, Mike from Schaumburg. You are up next here with Hampton OB. Go ahead, Mike. Hey, guys. Uh, I, first of all, I just want to say I'm a first-time caller, loyal listener, though, and uh, I love you guys because you guys tell it Thank like you. it is. Um, I, w- I was going to talk about some of the decision-making in the fourth quarter, but instead I- I've been sitting here stewing, and I'm, I am sick and tired for the last 30 years of seeing us getting our butts kicked by the Packers. Let me ask you guys this. When you guys were players, did it bother you losing to the Packers? Well, number one, yes. There was, that, was, that was the rivalry. And I think that is the rivalry in the National Football League. If you were to pick one rivalry, who would it be? It's got to be the Bears and the Packers. Why? Because they've been there forever. Forever. It's it's it's, it's got to be, but you guys, I know you guys playing a, a, a different field and stuff. But you know what's happening to us fans? It's demoralizing. Three decades of this. When is it going to end? Okay, we got to get to break. But let me just tell you this: it, it was a, it was it was the game that we had to you know prepare for and win. We look for it now. To me, it's almost like the franchise has has minimized it in recent years because we are so inadequate to engage. It's almost like, who cares? It's just another game. No, it's not. And the quicker this bunch of coaches get back to making sure that if you want to take the back to North, you better start in Green Bay. Mike, just real quickly here. One thing, I don't care if it is Green Bay, whoever it is. And what you've seen this year, what you saw in the years before, when we get down or even close to the red zone, how many times do you see us try to score a touchdown? And I'm dead serious when I say that. You think about what I just said. How many times do we try to put six on the board? It's unbelievable. And we settle for a field goal. Not even trying to put the ball in the end zone. Blue Cross Blue Shield of Illinois. Hot route, hot route. Who brought it today? Looking at which bear played tough, played hard. Driving the pattern for Rodgers. Over the middle for Tony and it incomplete. He had the rookie linebacker Jack Sanborn in coverage. Rodgers was looking for a flag. Instead, it'll be a field goal try for the lead for Green Bay. Hampton OB is sponsored by your local Chevy dealers at ChevyDriveChicago.com. Who brought it today? Again, sponsored by... Blue Cross Blue Shield of Illinois, the card to bring through it all. We're going to split it. We, we heard uh, the Jack Sanborn uh, tackle right there, but uh, Justin Fields coming back from the shoulder injury, 
He, he looked good today, except for a couple of throws that were late, but uh, again, his receivers weren't helping him out a lot. No, no I, I mean, on a stop like that, you, you go and you press the corner, and then you stop and plant and come back to the ball. He didn't even, he didn't even try to come back. Again, this comes under coaching. That, and, and that is a called route. The quarterback has to throw it on time. He can't wait and see if you're going to come back. He throws it on time, and St. Brown kills him. 312-981-7200 is our phone number. Dave, you've been waiting very patiently out in South Florida. We appreciate it. You are on with Hampton OB. Go ahead. Hey, Hampton OB, it's great to be on the radio. Uh, thanks for uh, taking my call, guys. Well, thanks for so calling. There's one coach. Thank you, sir. Uh, there's one uh, uh, one coach you didn't call out today, and that was uh, Richard Hightower. He is the special teams coach. And w- w- if you look at the history of, of all the games this year, uh, the the muff punt uh, against the Giants, the the miss punt, a muff punt against the Redskins uh, by Vellis Jones. Uh, this game, uh, blocked field goal, missed extra point. Uh, it, it's just it, it, all year long. It's been a special teams uh, um, a, a bunch of blunders, and I, I don't understand. We're not getting any better on special teams, and. I, it's just frustrating to see that. You guys talk about we we lost on both sides of the ball. We lost on special teams as well. They they outplayed us on special teams. All right, uh, the special teams today was breakdown by you know the kicker. He's got to make both those kicks. He, there's there's no if ands or buts. The other ones, Valus Jones fumbling it. The question is why was he in there? I'll tell you why. He was a third-round draft pick. Ryan Poles and, you know, the upper brass, they want to see their draft picks. Dante Pettis is great at returning punts, one of the best I've seen in a long time. For him not to be out there, it was, you know, idiotic. But I think that, that that's a decision above his head. You know the Dan. If you look at where are we? We just had we've got three wins, okay, folks. And the next four games look like you talk about a monsoon coming. My lord, you got Bowley, Bills, the Eagles, Detroit, and the Vikings. It's going to be a tough one. And and I mentioned earlier, just where are we at and why are we at where we're at today? And it's offense and defensive line play, okay. And then right after that, thirdly is our coaching. I don't think our coaches have coached these kids up to snuff, up to get ready to play a football game from week to week to week. And I think, you know, when they first came in, or I don't know what it, what it was all about, but remember in the first game or two, we had we couldn't even find a guy that, to catch a punt when the opponents were punting to us or a kickoff. We didn't have the right guys in there. Folks, that's the time. Are you kidding me? Before... The first game, before the first exhibition game, you know who your punt return guy is. You know who your kickoff return guy is. You know who the backups are going to be. You don't wait till the first game, second or third game of the season to figure out that, whoa, wait a minute, we've got the wrong guys in there. That you have to know before you even start your season. And again, what does it fall on? It falls on coaching. I tell you what, Danny, I know you said you like Eberflus, and I, I, I'm sure he's a nice and wonderful guy. But I'm going to tell you what, as, 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 as well as in the offensive and defensive line, talent-wise, it's really not there. And I'm going to tell you what, and I ain't afraid to make this statement. In some of these offensive 
uh, position coaches we got. They have no business being in the National Football League. Couple lines open if you want to jump in right now. 312 981 7200, just like Tennessee Ted. Ted, you're on with uh, Hampton OB. Go ahead. Hey, Tennessee Ted, thanks for taking my call. Uh, you know, I think the two things that lost the game for the Bears today was the, the men in the striped shirts, number one. And number two was that head coach of the Chicago Bears. I think the Bears head coach, why would you allow your offensive coordinator to pass the ball with three minutes left in the game when you could have ran the ball, taken time off the clock, kicked a field goal, and won the game and sent the Chicago Bear fans home happy? Now, they chose not to do that, and I don't understand why. And the other thing is, how is that not a face mask on our tight end from Notre Dame and all the other not holding calls that uh, they they did not have, uh, they did not call, I should say, against the Green Bay Packers. I counted probably about five. But at the same time, whenever there was a penalty that was called against the Green Bay Packers, you had Aaron Rodgers out there running around and complaining with his arms up in the air. He was acting like a dang Karen out on the field. So I, I'd like to – I'm going to hang up. I'd like to hear your answer. Thanks, gentlemen, for taking my call. All right, Ted. Well, if you're waiting on the well, officials to uh, give favorable calls at all times, it's not going to happen. But I, I, back to the one thing that you brought up, you know, I, 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 I'm, 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 I'm really at a loss to to try and, and understand why why. You know, we have certain veteran players. And OB, you know, having Valus Jones in there in New York to muff the punt. And then he did the same thing. I can't remember the game. Uh, it was here in Chicago where he fumbled an, another uh, uh, catch. The, again, it, it's, it, it's almost like they've got all these ulterior motives other than trying to find a way to win. And OB is exactly right. You go into the season... And except for injury, you've got a job. And I don't know why Dante Pettis, you know, they even tried Jones. But again, that's another. And again, under Eberflus, he was a defensive coordinator. And he doesn't understand possibly all the nuances yet. Does he make every decision correctly? No. But it's not. I don't lay a whole lot on him. This is all, in my mind, on the position coaches. Yeah, well, I, I agree, Dan. And, and Ted, the, your remark about the ref, referees. Uh, you know, sometimes you see things. It all depends if you're a Bear fan, if you're a Packer fan, or that doesn't matter, a fan of who, where, or what. You know, when it's it, you, they, why didn't they make the call? You know what? In every play, you can find an offensive lineman holding. I guarantee you, every play, somewhere along the line, offensive lineman is holding somebody. And it, and, as, and as far as receivers go, you'll see a lot of times, how many times you see two receivers trying to run down, say like it's a fly pattern. How many times you see the, the, the defensive guy grab him by the arm, grab him by the elbow, try to push him, run into him, do this all the time. And, it's, and it falls under, when is the ref going to throw the flag and a lot of times when he does throw the flag, people are saying, that wasn't pass interference, it was this. So it's a question that's very <laughs> difficult for me to tell you to understand it. But I'll tell you what, I'll say this. There's not one player, 
sir, Ted, that not one player is going to tell a referee that he made a wrong call or they or they're making wrong calls. They may open their mouth, but what normally happens that will usually backfire on them because they do not pay any attention to people who players who come up to them and tell them they made a bad call or they missed a call. They don't like that whatsoever. The smart thing to do is keep your big mouth shut and get ready for the next play. I feel like I was moving kind of slow to be honest with you, but um, felt good. You know, great way to come back from a week off to get the game started. So it felt good. I just felt like I was moving slower than my top speed, but I don't know. I got to check the uh, GPS on that and, and see how fast I was moving. So we'll see. Justin Fields talking about his touchdown run. Our play of the game sponsored by Good Foods. Game day as Guac Day Bears fans enter to win amazing prizes at gamedayasguacday.com. Good Foods Guac is available at Jewel Osco. Happen to be a sponsored by your local Chevy dealers at chevydrivechicago.com. Okay, just quickly, folks, you can have a quarterback. I don't care what decade, what year, whatever, that runs and runs and runs with the football and you base your attack on running, okay? And that's all you basically you do. You are going nowhere. And that's nowhere as in nowhere. You will never get to the Super Bowl. You must have a balanced attack, or if anything, you lean towards passing. Why? Because the rules tell you that. You can run till the cows come home. Till Whatever. You're not going to win. You're just not. And what's going to happen with Fields? Got hurt already? Guess what? He keeps running. I'll tell you again, folks. He's going to get cranked again. It's going to happen. And if we're going to base trying to win a Super Bowl on a running quarterback and a running game, we got the wrong ownership, we got the wrong general manager, and we got the wrong head coach, offensive and defensive coordinator, and the wrong position coaches. Running the football in the National Football League in the year 2022 is not going to get you anywhere. You have to pass the football. That's where you have to be efficient. Not running the damn football and base a victory on how far or how good our quarterback can run and how good our running back Montgomery could win. Run. It's not going to happen, folks. It's just not. I don't know, Danny, you want to jump in on this, but I'm going to tell you something. If, if that's what the hell we're going to do under this coaching staff is run the ball, run the ball, put running plays in for our quarterback, we're going nowhere. But unfortunately, it involves an awful lot to be able to be proficient passing it. That means you have to have protection, which we don't. That means you have to have receivers. But you, you don't abandon a passing game, no, Dan. No, no. And, 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 you know, the biggest fail of the day was when we were passing the ball, OB. You know, we just had Randy or somebody call in and say, what are you doing throwing the ball? You got to You can't just line up and run all the time. But all that being said... It has to be under the premise that everybody is on the same page and they run the correct route. And a quarterback can't read minds. He does, you know, he, he doesn't know that EQ St. Brown is going to stop, turn around, waiting for the ball while the corner is just standing there beside him, jumping the route. So it, 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 there's a lot of working parts that we are failing at. And that's why I am putting it on the coaches. And let me just say this, just because we don't have Frontline players, all pro players here and there and blah, blah, blah. Okay, this league has something called a point spread, and that is 
essentially based on a level of talent and competence. Now, all that being said, the underdogs are winning this year at about a 57% clip, which tells me that a bunch of teams with poor talent but good coaching, they're playing better than the so-called talented teams are are actually playing on a week-to-week basis. I.e. Detroit Lions. Okay. Watch out for them, folks. There you go. I mean, they they scored 40 today when everybody thought Jacksonville was going to go in there and beat them. Jacksonville was a one-point favorite. All I'm saying is coaching is a huge part of this, this league. And, yeah, we don't have players, but apparently we've got poor coaching too. I know numbers don't always tell the story. Uh, Justin Fields today, season highs in passing yards at 254, completions percentage at 80%, and yards per attempt at 10.2 at attempt. That's terrific. Yeah. I you mean, that's what? winning football. Let's see yeah. a lot more of that. Yeah. We need more of that. More of it, not less. Yep. 312-981-7200 is the number. Bob in Newport Beach, California. You are on with Happen OB. Go ahead. Uh, thanks for taking my call, gentlemen. Uh, longtime Bear fan uh, and... I listen to your broadcasts every day after after the game. I got, you know, the Sunday tickets so I can watch the Bear games, and then I listen to the show religiously. And every week you gentlemen talk about the poor performance of some of the players, understandably. Uh, you talk about the ineptness of the coaching staff. Uh, the last time, uh, you know, OB, we want a we championship. I'm, 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 I'm closer to OB's age than you, Dan. Uh, you know, 63 and 85. Uh, if we look, you know, post World War, those are the only two championships we've won in seventy six uh, years. Yeah, seventy six exactly, yes. exactly. And, and uh, I missed you by a couple of years at Illinois. Uh, and, okay. uh, and then I and I turn around, I look since Dicta left in ninety two, we've had seven head coaches. Uh, so what does that average? Three, four years a head coach, you can't get any stability. If this were a publicly traded company, all of these people would be flushed out. The players will be flushed. The management will be flushed out. Uh, who hires the players? Well, the players are hired by the, you know, the, you know, to a degree, the head coach and the general manager. But who hires the general manager? The general manager is hired by the ownership. Correct. And I think fundamentally that's where the problem lies. The problem lies in the ineptness. And you mentioned that last week, Ed. You mentioned that you know we're we're so many millions of dollars under the cap. I'm out here in California where the Rams are flushing money like crazy. Uh, Chargers are even you know, are spending money like drunken soldiers to try to win championships. Uh, I'd be really interested to hear what your comments are as to the ownership, how they manage their business, and how they pay the organization. Because I don't hear that in, in, in you know every time people are calling, they're talking about so and so drops the ball. We aren't calling the right plays. The offensive coordinators not any good. But what about the ownership? I don't think the ownership is any good. It's time to move on to that. And you mentioned it at the beginning of the segment, Ed. You mentioned that it's an ownership issue, too. And I certainly believe that's fundamental and core to the problem. All right, Bob. Thanks for the call. We appreciate it. Well, yeah, well, uh, to the Bears' ownership. You know, there's Virginia McCaskey, who obviously was George Hallis's daughter. He had a, a son and, and his daughter in Virginia. And I think uh, come this January, Dan, I think she's going to be, what, 100 yes. years old? And and as far as the Bears go, uh, Bob, I can tell you that team will never be sold as long as Virginia McCaskey is alive. Uh, her, son, her sons will keep that going. And uh, they, she had, they had 13 kids. So I think, what, about four of them are involved with the Bears? 
I think three or four of them are involved are, are collecting a check with the Bears as president, et cetera, et cetera, whatever positions they've gotten. And and I, I, I my, my guess would be, God forbid, whenever uh, Virginia uh, goes to uh, the big heaven and the sky, uh, I think you will see the Bears will be sold because I got an idea that the other seven or eight or nine kids, however, how many are are there? I think they want their they want their money also. Uh, so that would be that's that would be my take on it. But the Bears, I don't think, will not be sold as long as Virginia's alive. Uh, uh, that's my guess, Danny. What do you think? You're correct. All right, we'll take a break for news here. Happen will be is sponsored by your local Chevy dealers at ChevyDriveShotChicago.com. More of your calls coming up after the news on WGN. Our game plan was good for the defensive coaches. I thought they did a nice job putting it together. You know, we looked at, you know, doing some different things, you know, up front. And I thought that really worked well in the run game. Obviously, we had to give up 48 yards at the end and on a run, on a jet sweep. That doesn't help your stats. Yeah, I would say they did a good job. We've got to finish better. Head coach Matt Eberflus following the 28-19 loss to the Packers. As we give you our Dan Hampton's Defensive Player of the Game, sponsored by your local Chevy dealers at ChevyDriveChicago.com. Once again, it's the undrafted rookie, Jack Sanborn. Jack the Bear. And you know what? What has it been, three, four weeks in a row? Thank God we got Roquan out of here so we could find you know, <laughs> somebody that can play defense. Uh, folks, let, let me just go back real quick what Eberflus is talking about. Most of the game, Sanborn, Nick Morrow, the, the safety, they were fighting. They were battling. Uh, Dylan is a 250-pound pounder, and he was he's bringing it, and they were fighting. But unfortunately, the coaching flaws, the inadequate coaching and preparation of our defensive ends, just a matter of time till it breaks down. It was a 46-yard reverse that nobody touched. Watson to basically – Put the exclamation point on the game with a touchdown. Dan, and what 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 brings to mind is last week against the New York Jets. Same thing. Where did they run? To our left and to our right on all in sweeps, reverses, <coughs> etc. They ran wide. There's something they saw in our defense. Okay, it's quite obvious, and the quite obvious is what I've been saying forever: containment force, and fill on both sides of the field. It doesn't matter. Stronger weak side, you got to have it set. That's in every defensive call. Every defensive call, and we go back-to-back weeks, and we get eight up alive on what? In runs. We lose two games on in runs. That's exactly what the hell happened today. And let me tell you this, Matt LaFleur is the brains of the outfit up there. It's not Luke Getze. They, you know, it ain't Luke Getzey wasn't the guy designing those plays. Lafleur is the one that came well, up. Well, hold it. Getzey up there was the quarterback coach. Exactly. Like he quarterbacked Aaron Rodgers. Give me a break. <laughs> he was not the offensive coordinator. Oh, I'm the quarterback coach. Coaching Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, sure you did. Dinner companion. I take that money. Uh, Josh and Juliet, you're next up on Happen OB. Go ahead. Yeah, hi. I just had a quick question. Do you guys think? Poles and Eberflus should be fired at the end of the year simply because Ryan Poles doesn't seem to think that there's a problem with the coaching. And we have a, we're having a losing season. I mean, what do you guys think? Okay. Josh, there is a problem with the coaching, okay? Yes. And you see it every week. We point it out. 
Dan Hampton points it out. I point it out every week. And it's pretty much basically the same thing that we keep saying. And there's no adjustments. And, you know, and, and just for instance, again, trying to win a football game. How the hell is it that you can go down the field and you're inside their 40-yard line, 35, inside the 30-yard line, the 25, and you don't try to score a touchdown? Not one time, not one time do you try to go into the end zone and you're telling me that's coaching? We're running the football? 312-981-7200. That is the telephone number. Larry dialed it up in Oak Forest. And Larry, you're on with Hamp and OB. Go ahead. Yeah, hi, guys. I have the same question for OB and Hamp. When you guys were still playing, which quarterback did you really hate to oppose the most? Was there any particular guy? Well, you know, obviously with me, it was Montana. Uh, San Francisco had like a, a you know em- empirical rule protect a quarterback at all times. So we got doubled a bunch, and it would a lot of times one or two man routes, and yet they were so good at it that we couldn't stop it. And 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 of course Dan Marino, obviously his his release negated pass rush. You could rush the pass, you could be a free runner, and he'd still throw it right over your head for twenty five yard gain. Well, looking at it, you know, there were when I played. Uh, I'll tell you what, there was a there was a lot of good quarterbacks, boy. I'm going to tell you, Johnny Unitas, Bart Starr up in Green Bay, and and probably I think what made Bart Starr into the Hall of Fame and whatever have you. I tell you, was an accurate passer, as was uh, uh, many of them back then. And that's you got to have that accurate passer. But I'll tell you what, what it was, what they had Vince, a coach by the name of Vince Lombardi, okay, who's in the Hall of Fame. And he took that team, and he was, I tell you, he was a taskmaster. And if you, got, you talked back to him or, or, or you got smarter, you really got out of line, you were gone. You were traded the next day, or you were let go after the season. Because he held an iron fist. And he had a great quarterback in Bart Starr. He knew what he had. He knew he was an accurate passer. And that's how they won all those world championships. Same thing in Baltimore with Weeb Eubank, the head coach, with Johnny Unitas when they won all those. What was he? An accurate passer. That's how you win in this league. Okay, real quick. The first part of your question was about the coaches. Should they all be fired? No, there's, there's been some, some, some good coaching. And look at the linebackers, coach. I mean, my goodness, uh, you, you got to think. And the secondary, I mean, with all the ins and outs and all these nobody names that we talked about today, I mean, they they held up pretty damn well. But there's just like when you draft somebody, you have an expectation, but it doesn't mean they're going to be great. All I have to say is Mitch Trubisky, okay? Everybody thought, oh, this is our – it didn't work. Same thing with coaches. Some of these coaches, they are failing, and you got to make decisions about getting uh, that that part of the coaching staff corrected. We're going to see. We better see some changes at the end of the year. All right, Dave is one of those brave souls out at Soldier Field today, driving home. Dave, you're on with Hamp and OB. Go ahead. Thank you. First of all, Hamp and OB, you guys have the best post-game football show in America. In America. Thank you, sir. I'm talking 48 contiguous states and Alaska and Hawaii. Now, I want to go dinosaur <laughs> on you, and I get to do this because, Ed, you've been around this team since 61. Dan, you've been around this team for more than four decades. The two greatest football mind organizational people in that span, George Allen, Jim Finks. Yes. George Allen would not, George Allen would not have a three-win team on December 4th. 
he, he would walk off a bridge if that happened. Would Jim Finks have started Justin Fields today? I say not a, not a chance in the world. You guys tell me what you say. First of all, Jim Finks wouldn't have drafted him. Why? Because I don't think he's an accurate passer. He's a runner. All right, OB, supporting your theory, Finks had nine drafts four times he took offensive tackles. Four times, meaning the importance of that position, he was going to do it until he got it right. He drafted four Hall of Famers, including number 99, right here on microphone. The Bears have drafted one Hall of Famer in the 39 years since then, Erlacher. Okay. There is a... There is a patheticness to the culture of this organization. We can talk about new ownership. You bring in a kid like Poles as a GM or whatever his title is, he doesn't have the equity to say we're shutting down fields for the season. He doesn't have it. Tell me your thoughts. Listen, let's go to Dallas. And and I agree with pretty much what you're saying. Let's go to, to the Dallas Cowboys when Troy Aikman was the quarterback. Okay, and he won those Super Bowls. Five offensive linemen, folks. Their five starting offensive linemen were number one draft choices. Let me say it again. Their five starting offensive linemen all were number one draft choices. Like they didn't know what they were doing? That was Jimmy Johnson. And I I, I beg to differ. Yeah, Jim Finks would not have made uh, any uh, uh, contribution to decision to start or not play a quarterback. That's that's all to the head coach, the player, and as Ob said in the pregame, the doctors. Justin Fields wanted to play. He's fine. And let's move on. Have it will be sponsored by your local Chevy dealers at ChevyDriveChicago.com. We'll take a quick break here and come back to some of your phone calls. 312-981-7200. The numbers. It's just more emotionally. just like, you know, you can't wait for the next opportunity. So going through a bye week, it just kind of you know, stinks even more. The confidence doesn't affect it. It's just like more emotionally. Just I got to be resilient through it. I know just going through something that in my career I feel like I haven't gone through and the extra points, especially how I feel like it's been going for me in the practice. Cairo Santos left uh, four points on the table today. Our BBB Trusted Review brought to you by the Better Business Bureau. Find a business you can trust at BBB.org. Uh, what did he say? I don't. I really had a hard what time kind of understanding. Babble. Did he? Did, what was that? Something about struggles, and he's been there before, and uh, yeah, it didn't help today with uh, with four points left on the table. I, I, it's. It's unbelievable how this game, and I guess that's why it's called football, that some 180-pound, you know, uh, deranged guy can go out there and decide the fate of an afternoon of three hours of these giants battling and fighting. And and it's it, it just, you know, we don't need to hear excuses. I and, have an answer struggles. for you, Mr. Hampton. What? Guess what? what? Have your offense put points on the board and have your defense stop the other team and you won't have to worry about it. No, no, no. Half it will be sponsored by your local Chevy dealers at ChevyDriveChicago.com. 28-19, the Packers over the Bears today. Got a couple lines open if you want to jump in before the end of the show here. 312-981-7200 is the number. John and Rolling Meadows, you are on with Half it will be. Go ahead. How are you doing, Dan and Ed? Good. How does it feel that you have more sacks between the two of you singly than our four defensive linemen? It's been uh, 
It's been again. You, you can't make it up. And Obradovich, what would have happened with your defensive the line four room? You can do better than the four of them. Hey, it's it's it's. They've had one sack between the seven defensive linemen or eight that I that I've counted now. One sack in the last seven games. One sack. And our leading sacker is a what? Our corner cornerback. Our, no, it's our safety our who safety has missed two games. Is our leading sacker. That's why I'm saying that these coaches. Travis Smith is the defensive line coach. I don't know what he's doing, but he better wear a mask. I mean, he's stealing money. That's crazy. But I know you guys got more sacks than the whole line, and I love you guys. Thank you, John. Thanks, Appreciate thanks, it. Danny. Have a good one. Thank you, sir. 312-981-7200 is the number. By the way, I didn't get a chance because OB hogged the mic and got us to commercial. <laughs> I couldn't say anything. But they were asking about what – okay, the, he, the, the caller fault, found fault with the ownership and that if it was a, you know, a corporation that uh, there would be a, a huge upswell about, oh, you have to sell. And, and with the McKeskies, as OB so aptly put it, they, we've, we will have a team owned by the McKeskies until the day that something happens with Miss Virginia. Right, Virginia. And God forbid, or, you know, spare us today. All that being said, th- those kids, those kids are the one that for the last, 30 years have been deciding on general managers. The general manager is the top of the food chart, and they decide on the coaches and the players and the direction of the franchise. And Ryan Poles has been here one year, and he made the decision not to fish but to cut bait. And that's why he got rid of Khalil Mack and all the other guys that are $81 million uh, against us in the salary cap. $81 million in the salary cap. That we're paying. Uh, they're playing for other teams, and we're paying. We're paying for Khalil Mack to rush the passer right now as we speak out in, in uh, Las Vegas. All that being said, that has to – you have to buy time and get that over with, and next year is where we will see – if the proof is in the pudding with the decisions about Ryan Pulse, not only with the players, but some of the coaches that are inadequate. The other part about this was that caller said, oh, well, the Chargers and the Rams are spending money like drunken sailors. Well, guess what? They've got quarterbacks that they think can win a Super Bowl. That's why they are using that that moment in time to, to go all in, push their chips to the table. That's what they did with Matt Stafford. They gave up a fortune and, and, and dollars and draft picks to get him. They won a Super Bowl. Same thing with the Chargers. They think Justin Herbert is a franchise quarterback that can get, get to and win a Super Bowl. We haven't been in that position forever. So it's going to be a little bit harder for us to get into that position. But hopefully, with the development of Justin Maybe we we can think about that in the next two, three, four years. When have we had a quarterback, folks? When have we had Never. a quarterback that has been a difference maker? When have we had a quarterback, how long has it been, where he's truly a difference maker? A Patrick Mahomes, a Josh Allen, somebody Never. that truly, truly is, they can control the game offensively. Okay? Truly, when was the last time we had a quarterback like that or even resembled a quarterback like that? 
And Dan, you said the word never. I think you might very well be right. And folks, until we can find that guy, we can do all the things that we can do or whatever have you. Boy, it's going to be a long time coming, folks. A long time coming because we're not going to run to the Super Bowl. It's just not going to happen. You got to pass your way there. You got to pass your way there. Guys, got about ninety seconds left in our post game show here. We'll be taking the next week off because of the uh, the bye week, and we'll be rejoining you again when the Bears take on the Eagles on Sunday, December eighteenth. And the Eagles uh, made short work of uh, the Tennessee Titans today. I think they're ten and one now, best record in all of the NFL. And I got to tell you, you uh, you look at our defense, especially the defensive line, and. You know, the Eagles, they've already had their bye week, I believe. So they got to play somebody else. But over the next, you know, week and a half or two weeks in the lead up, we've got to get better. We've just got to get better in all facets of the game of football. Well, you know what, Danny? Let's see how well the coaches can coach these next four games. Playing against quality teams. Quality teams that have a registered, qualified quarterback. Let's see what they can do defensively, and let's see what we can do the last four games in moving that ball down the field and how we move it and how we convert on third down. And for God's sakes, when we get into the red zone, will somebody please throw the damn football into the end zone and act like you know what the hell you're doing so we could score and maybe win a game? All right, We've got three victories. Gentlemen, enjoy your week off. We'll see you again on the 18th. Well, the good news is I don't think we'll ever see Aaron Rodgers at Soldier Field in a Packer uniform again. That's probably a That's good thing. A silver lining. Big thanks to Sammy Martino and Eli Burke behind the glass for you. Thanks for all the calls as well.